Why don't you go ahead and turn with me to the scripture this evening while we're completing this to Psalm 103 and then also Matthew 1. Psalm 103 and Matthew 1. Now we began, I guess uh, six weeks ago, our very first service. Uh, We began a series on truth or tradition. And um, in praying and seeking the Lord about, you know, what kind of church this is supposed to be and uh, what its foundation is supposed to be and what its purpose and outreach is supposed to be, I was impressed that we want to be built solidly on the truth and not on just men's ideas. And we spent uh, six sessions looking and talking about the difference between uh, the truth of the word versus the tradition of men. And Jesus made such a powerful statement in Matthew. He said, uh, the word of God was made of none effect by the traditions of men. And there's a whole lot of things that people practice like it's the Bible and there's no scripture for it. Our doctrines that they hold steadfastly will fight you over but they don't have verse 1 for it. So, you know, you remember the, uh, what is it, the commercial years ago that the woman drove through the hamburger place and she hollered, where's the beef? <laughs> well, we've been hollering, where's the scripture? The scripture? Amen. Anytime somebody's got something they want to talk to you about or think you ought to do or uh, that they believe, that you ought to believe, uh, that's the question to ask. Where's the scripture? And not just somebody's idea of what a half a verse might have meant. No, if it's really a Bible truth, you'll see it in more than one place and in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So we talked about that and looked at that uh, for these six sessions. And then uh, last week, uh, I told you that I thought that was the conclusion of that series. And that is, we've concluded that and are beginning this week, a new series uh, that we're calling the works and ways of Jesus. I'm not thinking about doing a verse by verse study. You know, we'd be into the millennium trying to do that, I think. <laughs> Phyllis knows. And I'm not, I don't think that we're supposed to just try to study all the teachings of Jesus either. But what are we looking for? We're looking at his works. What he did and his ways. Everybody say ways. Have you got your scripture here in Psalm 103? Let's pray real quick before we read this. Father, I thank you for tonight and I thank you for giving us this great place to meet in. And thank you for all these fine people that you've drawn from all these places. Lord, we're not here by accident, but we believe you for divine utterance. And we ask you for everybody for ears to hear and eyes that see in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 103. Of course, so many great things in this psalm. But I want you to just notice in the uh, seventh verse, Psalm 103, 7. said, He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the children of Israel. Everybody say ways. And acts. We'll see acts. Another way of saying acts would be works. 
what he did, his actions, his doings, his works. And that's the title and that's the focus of this series that we're beginning. The works are acts and ways of Jesus. If you read other portions of Scripture, you'll see that even after all that time in the wilderness, even after all those miracles, the Lord said that the Israelites did not know His ways. Even after they had been around Him all this time, and they had been given the law, and they'd been given all the statutes, all the writings that are in the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, the law, and they'd seen all these miracles, still they knew what He had done, they knew what He did, But they didn't know his ways. But Moses understood his ways. When you understand somebody's ways, then you know something about them. Isn't that right? There's a lot of us, we might know some people from a distance. We know what they've done. We've seen it. We've heard about it. But that doesn't mean you know their ways. I mean, husbands and wives, after a while, you get to know their ways. Is that right? And if you, as you know their ways, then you're getting to know them. Well, can you see where we're going here then? If we know Jesus' ways, we're really getting to know Him. And something else is happening. If we're really getting to know Him, we'll be becoming more like Him. The scripture says, as we behold, like in a mirror, a glass, the glory of God, we're changed into what we're looking at. We're changed into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Do you want to know His ways? Anybody in here besides me that really, 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 really wants to know His ways? I don't want to know what somebody thought He thought. Or what somebody thought about what He did. I want to know... Not just the action, but what was he thinking and what's important to him. What he likes and what he doesn't like. Because in seeing that, we're also seeing the Father. And we're seeing the will of God. Don't you remember Jesus said to his disciples, you know, Philip said, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And what did he say? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. See, they were with him for those years and were still wanting to see the Father. And he said, what? Don't you know me? You have already seen the Father. Everything Jesus did, I mean, we're talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and that's why I exhorted you, you know, before you read your chapter, Monday through Friday, pray a little quick prayer. It doesn't have to be 10 seconds, but just say, Lord, open my eyes while I read this. Help me to see Jesus. Help me to see His ways. Quicken me. Teach me. Right? And as you're doing that, you're seeing the Father. And Jesus said in John 6.38, He said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him that sent me. What is the will of God? Everything Jesus ever did was and is and always will be the will of God. If Jesus did it, it was the will of God then, and it is the will of God today. Hmm? Now just a real quick example. I mean, as you read this, you'll see Jesus did a whole lot of teaching. That's the will of God for today. He did a whole lot of preaching. That's the will of God for today. He did a whole lot of healing and delivering. Then what's the will of God today? You never see him ever make anybody sick. 
Huh? You never, not one time, do you see him ever look at somebody and say, Dear, I'm sorry. But it's just not the will of God for you to receive. But men say that. But what? Hmm? Thank you. Where's the scripture? Right? Where's it at? Are you with me? So let's get into this then. Go to Matthew 1 and let's take off into this. And you need to believe God with me. Because i got too many notes. And we don't want to stay here all night. Now, I mean, if, you know, if the glory was falling, we would. And, but I don't want to keep you longer than I should. In chapter 1, the very first verse begins. And it's good that you've read this already. Because you'll know what I'm talking about without me having to explain it a lot. Because y'all are quick, right? It's a quick bunch in here. In Matthew, the first chapter, he begins by saying, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So let's pray just like we'd pray before we read the chapter again real quick here. Lord, as we study these scriptures, as we preach and teach on this, we're all asking you again, open our eyes. Help us to see Jesus. Cause it to just come right off the page and into our hearts and our minds. And Lord, we want to know the Lord's ways. We want to know the ways and the works of Jesus. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We see here, uh, he begins to give the generation of Jesus Christ. And this is the generation that is the grandfather and great-grandfather and great-great-grandfather and great-great-great-grandfather. And a lot of folk, when they get into this, they just think, why is all this here? So-and-so begat so-and-so. And their names are hard to pronounce. And Aminadab begat Naasson. And Naasson begat Salmon. And Salmon begat... Now, y'all didn't skip this, did you? Huh? Now you don't skip even one word. Okay? Everybody say, no skipping. No, no skipping. I don't care how hard it is for you to try to pronounce it. Just go do the best you can and go on. But I'm telling you, there's good things right here. There's a lot more than most of us know. But, you know, just reading this right off, I've had some notes on this for some time now. Something that really stands out to me is there only four women mentioned here. Now, we know there were women involved in every one of these (laughs) births. But the scripture only saw fit, the Lord only saw fit to record four. If you look here in verse 3, it was Tamar. Verse 5, Rahab and Ruth. And verse 6, Bathsheba. Though the name is not there, we know who it is. Uriah's wife, who was Bathsheba. And the interesting thing about this is that all four of these have a less than reputable past. And yet here they are in the first chapter of Matthew in the genealogy of the Son of God. This speaks to me. Does it to you? I mean, look, Tamar. Anybody remember Tamar? Tamar actually went out on the side of the road and dressed like a prostitute and picked up her father-in-law. 
and slept with him and had a child, had twins by her father-in-law. Now that's not too hot, is it? Look at the other one. Rahab. Anybody know Rahab? What's Rahab's title? Rahab the harlot. Now she didn't get that. Just by going out on a date one time. You know, I ask questions. Sometimes people think they're funny. You know, I guess I, I don't think I think differently, but we were talking, we were discussing some things about, you know, the spies. Uh, that went to Jericho that time and Rahab hit him. And I'm saying, why'd he go to the prostitute house? (laughs) But you know, God knew what was going on because she was the one who hit him and didn't reveal him. And later on, I mean, and she was spared. You remember the story? They told her, hang out the red cord, you know. And when they came, she got all her family and her kinfolks in her house and when the walls fell down and the war was going on and that whole bunch got wiped out, all except yeah. Rahab the harlot <laughs> and her family. Yeah. Now, you know, we've touched on this already, but you know, the Lord, we studied in these previous weeks how the Lord put emphasis on the heart. And not just on people's past or their mistakes or the outward appearance. And he even said, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you won't enter into the things of God. And he told them, made them so mad one time. He said, the publicans and the harlots are getting in before you. Boy, that made them mad. Does that mean that being a harlot is good? That adultery and fornication is good. No, no. It means that no matter how bad you've messed up, no matter how much you've messed your life up, you can stand up and say, I'm giving my heart completely to God. I'm going to serve God with all that's within me. And He can wash you and not just spare you from hell. He can give you a place. A place. In the plan of God, a place of respect. I mean, this is a place of respect. I guarantee you they don't call Rahab the harlot in heaven now. Huh? That's gone. I mean, we might remember it down here, but up there, that ain't even ancient history. It just ain't even there. How do they greet Miss Rahab now on the streets of gold. Jesus great, 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 whatever. Grandma. Hmm? Everybody say wow. We're talking about serious grace. Aren't we? Don't you ever sit and listen and let the devil tell you that you've messed up too bad and God can't use you. Hmm? Don't you, don't, don't believe it. Don't say, but Brother Keith, you don't understand. I've been mean. I've done this. I've stolen. I've lied. I've cheated. Go back and look in the book. See what kind of people God has used. Hmm? It doesn't mean that those things were okay, but it means that God knows your heart. And if you really repent, and if you really sell out, and you really commit to Him, He can really wash you. And he can really cleanse you. 
and he can still really use you. I mean, look at the rest of it. Ruth was a Moabitess, an idol worshiper. You don't even want to read about what the Moabites did. I mean, terrible. But now here she is. I mean, in spite of all that, I mean, there was a price that was paid through all that. And now here we see her name in the genealogy of the master. Can God use you? Yes, he can. In spite of your mistakes, no matter how bad your past may have been. So how many believe there's good things even in the begats? <laughs> there's a lot of other good things. We won't try to go through all of them. I don't know all of them. But you know, in verse 17, when he talks about the precision of the unfolding of the plan of God, how that there were 14 generations from Abraham to David. And then from David to the carrying wave of Babylon, 14. And then from Babylon to Christ, 14. That's interesting, isn't it? And I won't try to get into times and seasons, but you will see, and as you keep reading through Matthew, verse after verse said, all this happened that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. Have you seen that already? I think it's just right here in verse 22 it talks about that. All this happened. God has a plan. These things are not happening by accident. They're not happening just haphazardly. And how many believe it's going on to this day? And you and I are a part of this. And it helps to realize how much God is guiding this thing and how involved he is. I mean, you know, how many understand this church didn't just get here by accident? I mean, a year ago, Phyllis and I weren't planning on being in Branson. But God knew it two years ago and ten years ago. He knew it centuries ago. He knew it before we were born. Isn't that right? You might not have been planning on being here tonight. But it's no accident. It's not. God's plan is unfolding with precision. Amen. And you and I need to be sensitive to be the part of it that we're supposed to be. And not just say, well, you know, some things happen right and some things don't. And we just don't. You win a few and you lose a few. and That's the way the old ball bounces. Yeah, but we ain't bouncing the old ball no more. We're new creatures. Amen. Amen. And all things will become new. Amen. I could go on, but you understand, we are in a different kingdom living under different rules. And you just need, you know, I, one of the ways I start off my day, a lot of times I barely have opened my eyes until I'll say, Lord, order my steps today. Amen. Direct my paths. Hallelujah. Guide me. And it's not enough just to say that. You need to expect that. Amen. 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 And then talk faith. Even if it looks like you've made a wrong turn. Uh-huh. The last three times, open up your mouth and say, he's leading me. He's, he's guiding me. Amen. Amen. Don't talk contrary to the word of the Lord. Didn't the scripture say, my sheep know my voice? A stranger's they won't follow. So don't talk unbelief. Don't talk confusion. Even when you don't have a clue about what you're supposed to do in your head, don't sit down and wring your hands and go, man, I hope I don't miss it. This is important. Mm, God, help me not to miss it. Well, that's not enough. Agree with what the word says. Talk like this. Say, I'm being led. 
He is ordering my steps. I'm his sheep. I know his voice. I hear him. I won't be misled. I won't follow a stranger. I will do the right thing. And if your head says, you ain't got a clue what to do, say, shut up, head. I will do the right thing. He is leading me. I'm telling you, you'll be amazed how much that will open up the spirit being able to help you. Because that's faith. Instead of walking by how you feel and talking past experience or failure, talk faith. Amen. How many believe that's a good thing to do? I know it is. It works wonderful. It opens you up to be led and be directed. Now something you see in these first few chapters of Matthew, you see how the Lord is leading Joseph and Mary with the child Jesus. The devil's trying to kill him. Anybody remember that? I mean, you remember Herod. Remember the wise men saw the star? And, uh, they came. And Herod said, you know, when you find him, tell me. Because I want to come worship him too. You know, not everybody that says they want to worship the Lord really wants to. People have all kind of ulterior motives for things. But uh, when they found him, the Lord dealt with them. Don't go back and tell Herod. So they didn't. And the Lord appeared uh, to Joseph by an angel in a dream, what was it, three or four times. And led them supernaturally. wonder if the Lord still leads his people today. Does he? Yes, he does. The scripture said in Romans 8 that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. Or the children of God, rather. And as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Well, if he could let us know we're saved and children of God, why couldn't he let us know something else? Hmm? Why couldn't he let us know who to marry? Why couldn't he let us know who to invest with and who not to? Hmm? Why couldn't he let us know, no, don't buy that car, wait, because there's a better deal. He can, and he does, and he wants to. He's trying to, but a whole lot of people are not listening. I'm thoroughly convinced that no Christian, no child of God ever makes a big mistake but what the Lord was trying to lead them otherwise. I'm convinced there's not one man or woman, not one Christian, not one child of God that has a terrible accident gets hurt, maimed, killed, but what the Lord tried to warn them. Did you hear me? I've seen it too many times. I don't know at the times that I've had people say to me, you know, I just had a feeling about that. Well, why didn't we listen? Hmm? You know, I just wondered about that. I had a feeling. Well, people have not been taught you're supposed to pay attention to these things. <laughs> We're not just supposed to go, ooh, that's weird. Yeah, wow. I don't know. Isn't that strange? And the Lord, if we'd listen, he said, strange? It's direction. You're supposed to listen to it. Do what I'm dealing with you to do. Quit with the strange stuff. Yeah, you know, I had something before that, that that was going to happen. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that just shows how ignorant most of the body of Christ is about even understanding how the Lord leads us. 
Everybody say, he still leads. leads. Today. Today. Now see, the thing is, people are trying to make it spectacular. They're trying to hear audible voices. They're trying to have God write it in the sky. And he does do some things spectacular sometimes, but that's not the norm. That's the exception. He does speak to people in what would be to them an audible voice. But that is not the norm. That's the exception. In fact, you could go all your life and never hear an audible voice of God speaking to you. And it wouldn't mean that you were unspiritual. It wouldn't mean that anything's wrong with you. Just meant God didn't see fit to speak that way. But it doesn't mean you can't be led. You can be being led every day of your life. You could go all your life and never see an angel. Though they're very real. They're here right now tonight. Even though you can't see them, they're here. They're sent to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation. They're here to help us. Amen. Help us do the work and plan of God. And no, when you die, you don't turn into an angel. Contrary to some popular thinking. No. Exactly. Where's the scripture? Yeah. And that would be a demotion. We're created in a higher bracket than the angels. We are the sons of God. We're going to judge angels, the scripture says. No, they're supposed to help us. Now, that I mean it's going to help you wash your car or shine your shoes. But they will help you do the work of God. And so the more involved you get into doing the work of God, then the more angelic help and assistance you're going to have. Now, I want you to notice, when Joseph had these dreams, of course, you've got to remember, Joseph nor Mary are born again. You couldn't be born again until Jesus came and paid the price. And so with all the Old Testament people like, uh, say for instance, like Gideon. Anybody remember Gideon? And how that he put out the fleece. Anybody remember that? He said, if God, if this is you, then let the dew uh, be on the ground, but not on the fleece. Let the fleece be dry. Then he said, all right, let's do it the other way now. God, if this is really you, let the fleece be wet. Let the ground be dry. And a lot of Christians think, well, boy, that's neat. I think I'll put out a fleece. Wrong. That is not how we're supposed to ascertain the will of God today. You couldn't say to Gideon, brother, just be led. He wasn't born again. He didn't have the spirit inside him. That's one of the reasons why our covenant is better than theirs. You know what Jesus said? We got a new, we got a better covenant. Why? We got, didn't he also go to say in Hebrews, he said, in that day, they'll not tell everyone, know the Lord, because they'll all know me. Amen. Amen. From the least to the greatest. Isn't that good news? You don't have to come to me and say, Brother Keith, is this God? You don't have to go and ask five or six people. You, if I have anything good to give you, I got it from the Spirit, the same Spirit that's in you. If we'd learn how to follow Him, thank God for the Spirit inside. But you know, many Christians are still praying this way, putting out fleeces. Lord, if you want me to do that, if that's you, then let five red cars pass by my house. In the next hour. 
And I said, what's wrong with that? And I said, well, I did that one time and it worked. Yeah, I know God has mercy on babies. <laughs> when you don't know any better and that's all you know, he'll try to meet you where he can't always accommodate this kind of stuff, but he'll try to meet you where he can. But what does the scripture say about how children of God and sons of God are led in Romans 8? In fact, everybody just turn there. Just turn there. I keep quoting it, but turn there. Look at it so you know I'm not misquoting it. Romans 8. I'm telling you, I became convinced when I was 16 years old. Totally convinced that if I could hear from God, I had it made. And now, several years later, I'm more convinced of it than ever. And thank God I have learned a few things about how to hear from him. Hmm? Sometimes people look at you strange because they're just sure that you got some other reason. We've had several people ask you, why did you come to Branson? And we say, well, we felt like the Lord dealt with us too. And with a lot of folk you see, they still keep looking at you like, and <laughs> why else? There is no why else. We didn't know anybody here. I, in all the places I've spoken for years, I've never spoken here. And it's not like we just always dreamed of coming to Branson. We've been here a few times, but it's a beautiful place. Don't get me wrong, but people don't, a lot of people don't understand that. When you say, why did you do that? And you go, well, I just felt like I was supposed to. I was led to. Yeah. Folks still look at you like, and why'd you really do it? Because <laughs> they haven't learned how to be led yet. But I'm telling you, oh, my, my, my. I'm looking back. When Phyllis and I hadn't been married but just a little while, we lived over in Mississippi in a little 1969 Marriott mobile home. It was not nice. <laughs> Way out in the sticks. And uh, we got a hold of the Word, and we got a hold of some teaching tapes and books, and uh, this was 25 years ago. And uh, the Lord dealt with us to go to Ramah. We didn't know what a Ramah was. We didn't know... <laughs> And Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, I'd hardly ever been out of Mississippi at all. Some of the guys I knew, you know, had these old general stores where these guys would sit around the wood heater and talk and tell lies and everything else. And I heard one of them saying, they, one of them, uh, I think his name was Pud, and he had gone to Memphis from central Mississippi. And he came back and they wanted to know about his trip. He went away off to Memphis and, and he said, fellas, he said, I never was so glad to get back in the United States in all my life. <laughs> he really, he thought he'd gone to a foreign country, man. Well, that's about the extent of how we had traveled. But you know, we loaded up our belongings. Now, I didn't just make the decision overnight, but over a period of months, we kept praying and it kept coming up in my heart to go there. And I thought, why? Why? In fact, some of the preachers come around and said, you know, when they found out I was going to go, they said, why are you moving away off out there? We need you to help us in the church here. And they gave me all kind of good reasons why I should stay. And then they said, well, isn't the Holy Ghost your teacher? I said, yeah. Why can't he teach you here? I said, I don't know. <laughs> but then I'd get to praying again and it just come up. I don't mean I heard a voice. I don't mean I had a vision. But I, everybody say witness. witness. I had a witness. I had a sense. I had a knowing on the inside of me that we were supposed to do that. So we just did. No money. 
Nobody underwriting us, nobody backing us, you know. We pulled out, loaded up our little belongings on our little pickup and Vega. We looked just like the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> and off to Broken Arrow, wherever that was, we went. And I'm telling you, it's, it's, I could tell you story after story. It's amazing what God did for us. And over the years, how things happened and how he has blessed us. I mean, how he's blessed us. I, if I had time, I'd go into it. Beyond our wildest dreams. And he ain't through. I said, he's not through. But it started with us saying, what is this now? The Lord's dealing with us to go. Look in Romans 8 and verse 14. For as many as are what? Led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. Can sons of God expect to be led? Led. Do you like that? I like that. Led, directed, guided by the Spirit of God. I guess I get excited about it because I know what this has meant in my life already. I mean, you know, I don't even know how you would operate any other way now. I mean, we've done this so long. Every, you know, the answer to a million and one questions is be led. Really? How much do we give? Well, what's he leading you to do? Do we go to this meeting? Do we not? Do we get involved in this project? Do we not? Uh, do we use these people for this job? Do we contract with this company? Every day of our life, every decision we're making, we're constantly checking inside, checking inside, checking inside. And after a while, it doesn't just happen overnight now, but after a while, it becomes like second nature to you. It's just like breathing to you. You check inside. And if you don't, somebody says, well, I don't have anything. Well, if you don't have anything, you don't do anything. You wait till you get that witness. You wait till you get that. And you follow that. Say it out loud, sons of God can be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. See, if you're born of God, you got the Spirit inside you. Now keep reading. Verse 16, the Spirit itself, or as other translations say, Himself, which is really a better translation. The Spirit Himself bears witness with what part of us? Not with our head. See, don't try to hear from God with your head. He bears witness with what? You know, if somebody's going to call you, you wouldn't just go wait by the refrigerator. (laughs) Right? Because they can't talk to you through the refrigerator. (laughs) And you might stand by the refrigerator for two weeks. And then you see them and say, I thought you was going to call me. And they say, I tried, I tried and tried. So I didn't hear you. A lot of Christians are there. You don't hear from God with your head. And you don't hear from God with your body. Don't try to be led by hot flashes or cold flashes or goose bumps or any other thing. Whew, but I just had a feeling. Well, uh, no, 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 no. He bears witness with what part of us? Our spirit. That's your insides. You are a spirit. Amen. You have a mind and a soul and emotions and you live in a physical body. And he bears witness with the inside, not a reasoning thing, not a feeling thing. It's an inward sense and a knowing. Sometimes people call it a hunch. 
People call it all kind of things, but it amounts to the same thing. It's this knowing, this sense. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now coming back to our study in Matthew here, we see Joseph being led supernaturally. Get out of here. First of all, led to take Mary as wife, even though she's pregnant. Well, you see one reason why God chose Joseph, don't you? Here's a man. How's he going to figure that out? Huh? It took some faith, didn't it? For him, I mean, and here's somebody that he's known for years. They were engaged to be married. And she comes up pregnant. And he's ready to just put her aside and call everything off. And the Spirit of God, by the angel, speaks to him in the nighttime and says, This is of God. This is by the Holy Ghost. Take Mary for wife. He had enough faith to do that. You see some reasons why God chose them, didn't you? And he didn't argue with it. He got direction in another dream to take them away from there because Herod was going to try to kill the child and he loaded up everything. And irrespective of business, irrespective of friends and family, he moved everybody lock, stock, and barrel. You know, the Bible says many are called. But what? Why is that? Because few respond. Few are willing to do this kind of thing. I'll be honest with you. I mean, we'd been in Tulsa for 20 plus years. We had a house we liked. I had a hangar for my airplane. Not everybody has one of them. I like just going out there and sitting and looking at stuff. We had things set up like we wanted. And the Lord said, go to Branson. And you're thinking, God... I looked up the airport up here. The runway's short. (laughs) And it's sitting sideways and there's a cliff on both ends. (laughs) But I understand none of that matters. None of what you like, what you don't like. Well, Lord, I got people there that know how to cut my hair. Well, Lord, we got people there that Phyllis knows where to get makeup and da-da-da-da-da and, you know, You know, people miss God over that stuff. Absolutely miss the will of God over that kind of stuff. Well, God, I can't. I don't know. I got my mama here and I got my friends. And, you know, we all we get together and talk on Tuesday nights. And we've done this for 20. That's how you miss God. You know, famous last words of dying churches. We've never done it like that before. (laughs) Anything living is moving. Anything living is changing. Isn't that right? And if you're really following God, you got to be like Abraham. And in your heart, always live in a tent. That's right. I'm not Abraham. God said, I'm giving you this whole thing. But all his life, he lived in a tent. Now, it was a nice tent. It was nice. <laughs> oh, it was nice. But it was a tent. He never owned any land. Even though God said, I'm giving it all to you. And you know, the Israelites, they'd be in a place and then the cloud would move. 
They'd get up one morning and see the cloud, and they said, the cloud's moving, the cloud. Well, my kids was going to play baseball today. It makes no difference. But you'll find that there's not everybody that's got that kind of commitment. But now when it comes to the protection of God, you've got to learn to follow these leadings or else wise you'll go outside of his protection. And that's when these kind of things happen, bad things happen. You know, people, there's been books written on it. And there's people that sit around and try to philosophize. Why do bad things happen to good people? It just is a mystery. It's not as big of a mystery in a lot of these things. Now, we, we're not going to ever know everything and all the reasons why things happen. But I don't care who anybody is, how well they know God, you can get up one day and not follow Him. I don't know how many times the Lord has spared us from things because we had a check about something and so we fought, we obeyed it. You know, we were flying a couple of years ago from Tulsa to... Uh, California. And we were planning to stop in Palm Springs for fuel. And uh, we're zipping along and I'm talking with the co-pilot up there and I begin to get a witness not to stop there. Well now that's interesting isn't it? We're supposed to stop there and get fuel. And I begin to have a check don't stop there. When you get something like that what you don't want to do is jump in your head and go yeah but why? I don't know of any reason why. You know of any reason why? We don't know so. And you ask three or four people, and then now you're in your head. Now you're in reasoning. Now you're away from the leading. We got to talking and trying to figure if we had enough fuel to make it to another place. And we figured and figured and figured and figured. Finally decided we did. And so I said, you know, I want to go on. I don't want to stop there. And he said, well, okay, let's go. We went. There wasn't a problem. We landed at the other place. The next day we found out that it was 120 degrees on the tarmac at that place. And the airplanes were sinking into the pavement when they landed. Well, it probably wouldn't have been. You know, it was so hot that it was melting. and They were sinking in the heavy ones. And this one was pretty heavy. And you know, it probably wouldn't have been tragic. But we'd have probably got over there and got stuck. And might even missed meetings and all kind of things that we were spared by just this one change. And those kind of things are happening all the time. If we'll listen. Everybody say listen. Listen. If we'll listen. Now, here's the thing. Go back to Matthew and just read this phrase. I'll try to wind this up pretty quick. Let's see. Chapter 1, verse 24. You see how quick we're zipping through these chapters? (laughs) Somebody say praise the Lord. In verse uh, 24, chapter 1, Joseph was raised from sleep. And then what did he do? He called a family meeting. And he asked mom and them what they thought he ought to do. Huh? He asked all his friends if they thought that he ought to leave his business that he's worked hard to get established there for 15 years or whatever it was and all of his family and all his contacts and his bank that he does business with and and his hairstylist and and everybody else. Huh? Now there's a reason why I'm saying all that. That's why a whole lot of folk are in the wrong place today. Why people are not in certain ministries they're supposed to be in. 
That's why people have had a lot of trouble with their health. That's why some folk have had a lot of trouble with their money. Because you understand, if you get off on the wrong road, I mean, if you wanted to go to Springfield, and that was the place you were going to go, so you whip out on 65 here and head due south as fast as you can go. (laughs) Huh? You will go through places you should have never gone through. Is that right? Because you don't have to go through Harrison to go to Springfield. And if they had a wreck down in Harrison in the middle of the road, or if a telephone pole had fallen across the street and it was at nighttime, or there was a big black bull in the middle of the road that you didn't see, and you hit him and have a wreck and tear up your car, that would have never happened if you'd have been going north. Are you with me so far now? You you know what I'm talking about? When you get off on the wrong road, you're going away the Lord never dealt with you to go. You had your own plan, your own thing, and you're barreling down through there. Things will happen that should have never happened in your life. You will go through things you should have never gone through in your life. You'll have problems you should have never had in your life. Now, all of us have missed it. But for you or me to say every bad thing that we've ever gone through in life was because God planned it that way and ordained it that way, is for us to say that we have never got off and have never done anything except His perfect will our whole life long. And it ain't so. But can we be led? Can we quit missing it so much? Can we pay more attention and be spared things and problems and difficulties? What did it say Joseph did? Hmm? What did he do when he got this direction? Everybody tell me verse 24. What did he do? He woke up and he what? He did it. He did it. You know, if you read through the giving of the law to Moses and then the, the things that he directed Joshua, it says again and again, the Lord told Moses and Moses did it. The Lord told Moses and he did it. The Lord told Abraham, and he did it. Hmm? The Lord told Noah, and he did it. This is what makes the whole difference in how blessed you are, how protected you are, how things go in your life. Because the Lord can give you all kind of direction for protection, but if you don't listen to it, you can go right on and get in trouble anyway. I know years ago, I was working the phones at a ministry answering counseling calls and a lady called in and she was distraught. I mean, she was weeping almost uncontrollably. You could tell she was really upset and it took me a little bit to get her to calm down to tell me what's going on and she told me she had been mugged that morning. It was in a large city and she had been mugged. Somebody knocked her in the head and took her purse She wasn't really hurt bad. She had a big lump on her head and some bruises, but she lost her purse and her money and stuff she had. But other than that, she was okay. But that wasn't the thing that was really causing her the most frustration. She began to say, I'm a Christian. I confess Psalm 91 almost every day over myself. How can this happen to me? Well, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't really know. I was wondering myself. She said, I confess, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You know, these kind of things don't come near my dwelling. And she went on and on and on. But while she's talking, I'm checking in my heart, checking inside, because the one who knows everything 
is real close. I don't know everything, but the one who does is inside me and you. And he can share some of that with us. I was in my, inside myself, I'm saying, Lord, what, what can I tell her? How can I help her? And he began to deal with me about a certain direction. So I said, sister, I said, uh, now tell me what was going on. You went to this part of town over here. I said, that's a rough place. A lot of these kind of things happen. She said, yeah. I said, but you needed to be there. I felt like you were supposed to be there that day. She said, well, uh, no. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, actually, I had a check about going. I said, what do you mean? She she said, I felt like real strong I wasn't supposed to go. I said, you did? She said, yeah. I said, but you went on anyway? She said, yeah. I just stopped and said, no. Now, these things don't happen to me. And I confessed the 91st Psalm and went on and got mugged. Do you see something here, friends? What if, now this is a big what if, what if Joseph had said, I don't know what that was. I had a dream I had. I think I ate too much lamb. Uh, Huh? And what if he had messed around for another month trying to decide whether this was God. Well, that would have been enough time when Herod killed all the babies under two years old. Is that right? Thank God he didn't do that. He moved. And see, the Lord can try to deal with you to get you in a place where you can make more money. He can try to deal with you to protect you from an accident. Sometimes it's as simple as you're going on a car trip and you're all packed and ready to go and you just have a check to wait 15 minutes. How many know that's long enough to miss an entire accident? Now the sensitivity doesn't just come overnight. But if you just start taking a little time, just stopping and just checking, Lord, lead us in this, guide us in this, and then don't just go on and blare through your own way. Stop and check. All along the way, check in your heart. Do I have a good sense of go ahead about this or do I have something that's bothering me about this? There's a check inside. Something is is grating against me. Something doesn't seem right. Don't just run through that. Don't just blare through that. Pay attention to that. Stop. If you need to, pray. If you need to, put it off a little bit. Think about it some more until you get that green light, that witness, that go ahead, that it seems good. Everybody say it seems good. That's language the New Testament uses to describe the leading of the Holy Ghost. Sometimes even in things as big as a church meeting concerning the whole church, they said their conclusion was it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to do these things. I don't have a direction for the whole church. Well, have you ever asked yourself the question, where's my seamer? When you say it just seems like, where is that at? Where's that coming from? You're not talking about something you reasoned out. You're not talking about something you figured out. You're not talking about something you felt. You're talking about what we just read about, the witness of the Spirit. Won't you stand on your feet? Let me pray over you tonight. We're going to be more led. I said, we're going to be more led. We're going to be more sensitive. I'm going to pray a prayer over you. I want you to release faith. But if this just ends right here, that's not enough. You've got to be expecting tonight and tomorrow And the next day that the witness of the Spirit gets clearer to you. And gets stronger in you. And you got to make up your mind. I'm going to follow it. 
Even if it doesn't seem reasonable at times, even if I don't know why, I'm going to follow that witness. Close your eyes. Let me pray over you. Then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Father, we thank you so much for giving us the wonderful, mighty, Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, who you've given us to indwell us and to abide in us and live in us forever. Lord, pray this with me out loud. Lord, help me to become more aware of the Spirit's presence inside me. Help me to be more keen, sharper, to know when He's trying to lead me. Help me to be quick to respond, quick to obey, quick to follow fully in Jesus' name. I ask it and I purpose to do it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Put your hands up and begin to thank Him. Thank Him from your heart for the Holy Spirit whom we've been given to indwell us. Come on, let's just praise Him a little bit. Father, we bless you. We praise you. Thank you. We're not left on our own. We're not left just to our little understanding. We're not left to just have to ask everybody else what they think. You've given us a sure way of being directed. You've given us a sure way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Just keep your eyes closed for a minute. I'm going to pray over you some more. Let your heart agree with this. Father, I just pray over myself and over everyone here, everyone that will hear these tapes or that will be ministered to by this message, I just pray, Lord, that anything that you've said to us in times past that we ignored or that we rebelled against or didn't listen to, forgive us and remind us of it again, please. Tell us again. Have mercy on us and show us again. And any way that we turned and went a wrong way or or any place that we didn't listen to you or went our own way, help us to see it. Help us to realize it and to make any corrections we need to. And Lord, we're asking you and we're believing you to put us in the very middle of your perfect will and your perfect plan and your perfect purposes for our lives in Jesus' name. Now say it out loud, I'm being led. led. I am being led led. by the Spirit of God. I I know His voice. I I follow Him. I I will make the right decisions. I will do the right things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. That's exciting. That's good. I said that's good. Hallelujah. He's going to protect us. Spare us. He's going to show us how to make more money. Amen. He's going to show us how what to stay away from. So not to lose money. He's going to show us how to deal with people. There's wisdom. I said there's wisdom. When you get ready to just give somebody a piece of your mind. Wait, wait, wait. 
Try to get a piece of God's mind to give them instead. They'll be much happier with that. There's wisdom for every detail of life. How many believe God is interested in helping you with everything you need to do in your daily walk and daily life? Praise God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.